It's now almost been three years and we're only weeks away from trial. Lori Daybell, the woman who's been charged with first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder and grand theft by deception is upping her game in court and she is pushing back. She believes that her rights are being violated. So we're gonna get into those details. We're also gonna talk about the camera ban in court and what that means for trial. And the victim's families are really upset and rightly so. There's also been a bunch of motions filed recently and it seems like the lawyers are scrambling. So now let's get into it. As I mentioned, Lori Daybell has a laundry list of charges and it's really important to remember the details as we head to trial. The first degree murder charges and conspiracy to commit murder charges and the grand theft charges are all surrounding her children, Tylee Ryan and JJ Vallow. Lori was said to be collecting benefits of her dead children. And she's also charged with conspiracy to commit murder of Chad Daybell's wife at the time of the murder, Tammy Daybell. And after this trial, we're gonna go and we're gonna tackle another case of Charles Vallow who is Lori's number four husband and he ended up murdered and she's charged with conspiracy to commit murder of him as well and now this trial Chad and Lori are going to be tried together because Chad's charged with a list of charges including first-degree murder of his wife, conspiracy of the children and his wife, and also insurance fraud. The trial is scheduled for April 3rd in Boise, Idaho. And this camera ban that's going on, cameras were actually allowed in hearings from February 2020 all the way up until fall of 2022. And then they were banned. Now, in documents, Judge Boyce wrote, while the right to public access must be protected, the scope of the coverage cannot supersede the rights of all parties to the fair administration of justice in this case. The court has previously been made aware and continues to be informed that documentaries, dramatizations, and fictionalized media focusing on the defendants and allegations in this case have already been procured and continue to be disseminated to the public. Now, the hearing that happened before this camera ban had Lori making a complete spectacle of herself in my opinion and possibly your opinion let me know your comments below and Lori was seen smirking which she normally does and she was all bubbly but she was also inappropriately laughing at inappropriate times and this is a case where they're discussing the death and murders of her children yet she's finding a lot to be happy about and you know laughing she was rolling her eyes at Rob Wood the prosecution all kinds of things. And what happened was the media talked about it. I talked about it in one of my previous videos. There was even a part where the media zoomed in on Lori in court. That caused a kerfuffle, even though Judge Boyce did not address that for this camera ban. He actually said in documents that he found no misconduct and interruptions previously to that point and he said the journalists in the courtroom were respectful and professional but he said he was worried about pretrial publicity and he said that by the public having visual coverage it would actually get in the way of picking a fair jury that's one of the reasons why he said he also moved the trial to Boise he said this court has previously permitted cameras in the courtroom during this case allowing both photography and video transmission but when the case is a sensational one tensions develop between the right of the accused to trial by an impartial jury and the right guaranteed others by the First Amendment and judges have a right to pull audio or video coverage from their courts but what I read was that they aren't appealable 
people. So this is going to be very interesting. I wonder if that does apply to trials as well, that they're not appealable and it's blanketed. What do you think or what do you know? Let me know below. It just find it interesting timing that after that uh, shenanigan mess of a court day with Lori, that this happened, but yet not mentioned. Now, Larry and Kay Woodcock, who are JJ Vallow's grandparents, they're requesting uh, that the cameras be allowed for trial. Have a look. I asked everybody involved in this, if you have the ability to write the court, to call the court, to contact the court, please do. Please try to get the judge to allow some type of coverage. This is unfair. I don't care what the judge says. I have total respect for him. I admire him so far, what he's, how he's run his court. But I think this decision <clears throat> was an ill-advised decision. I can understand keeping the cameras in, in, in pre-trial. I, I can understand keeping those out. But when that trial starts, those jurors are picked, then it's time for us as, as the public and the family to be able to see that. So for God's sake, do everybody do what you can to, to support an, an effort to put those cameras back in the court for the trial. Please God do that for yeah. JJ and for Tylee. And Tammy. And Tammy and Charles. I wholeheartedly agree with them. I think whatever we can do will be great. I will leave that in the description box below on how you can help. Tylee Ryan's Aunt Annie Cushing also talked about this and she said, not allowing cameras in the courtroom is an egregious disservice to family members who can't carve out two and a half months of their lives to attend the trial. We deserve to be able to watch the legal system finally hold Lori and Chad's feet to the flames for their callous disregard for these victims' lives. I would respectfully ask Judge Boyce to please reconsider his decision on this matter. Tammy Daybell's family also said that it's not realistic both financially and physically to attend for several weeks at this trial and have asked to have video access as well. As for the prosecution, they actually have argued against cameras as well, but they said they understand the concerns. They said prosecutors relayed the desire of the victim's families regarding their request for remote access to the proceedings to the court. We believe the court will work to balance all parties' right to fair trial and the neutrality and integrity of the jury process with the request of the victim's families for remote access to the proceedings. This is going to be, I've said this numerous times, the trial of a century. So it's very interesting that there's not going to be cameras in court. John Pryor is actually pro cameras. He supports the cameras to be in the courtroom. He filed a motion back in October to have them back in, but the judge actually denied it. Now that's one thing I can agree with with John that we're both anti-Lori. Um, and so I see John wanting the cameras in court because I think that when she walks in, you know, she looks like she's going into a pageant short of doing one of these. So I think that John wants her in so that she looks like, you know, a little bit of a hot mess express, you know, like a little bit of a dumpster fuck. So naturally I can see John wanting these in court and then he can use that to his advantage. Now what was interesting was East Idaho News did a poll about the trial and it was asked, would you watch video of the Daybell trial? Yes, no, or have no opinion. And the results were 98% said yes, which ended up being 
3,100 people voted, 1% no, which was 36 people, and have no opinion was 16 people. Interesting. Now let's talk about the case dismissal. Lori was arrested in February of 2020. She was indicted on May 25th, 2021, and she had her arraignment on April 19th, 2022. And then they set the trial, the first setting was October 11th of last year. The second trial is supposed to be January 9th, just recently, and now this third trial settings for April 3rd. What's interesting in here, there's no mention of really her competency issues. So I find this fascinating. And for those of you who are new and watching, she's had competency evaluations quite a bit. So this makes this case dismissal just that much more interesting. It says the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy trial and the accused shall have the right to a speedy trial. It says since the term speedy trial does not specify the length of time required to bring an accused to trial, federal law enacted a timeline for someone charged with a federal crime and each state in the union enacted laws to define what it means in their respective state. It says that Idaho legislature defines speedy trial in Idaho code as follows. The court, unless good cause to the contrary is shown, must order the prosecution or indictment to be dismissed in the following cases. If a defendant whose trial has not been postponed upon his application is not brought to trial within six months from the date that the defendant was arraigned before the court in which the indictment is found. Lori was indicted May 25th, 2021. And now here we are almost two years later. Now let's get into the case dismissal. Lori was arrested in February of 2020. Now, March 8th, 2021, Lori had a psych eval done. And May 2021, she was ruled incompetent. So basically, her case got put on hold. And in August 30th, they check in. Lori's still found to be incompetent. So now she was given another 180 days, which is six months, to gain competency. So in April of 2022, she was then ruled competent. And then five months later, she was ruled incompetent again. So November 9th, 2022, she had the competency evaluation. She was good to go. And because all that, they had to move the trial in January and push it out to April. So Lori's lawyer files this motion and he's upset saying that it's been 1169 days without a trial on any of this, these cases. So he goes on to say, thus the ultimate question of whether legal excuse has been shown is a matter for judicial determination upon the facts and circumstances of each case. A trial judge does not have unbridled discretion to find good cause. However, and on appeal, we will independently review the lower court's decision. He says the first trial setting in this instance case was for October 11th, 2022, since that was within six months of April 19th, 2022. The government then asked for more time and the court granted the request and set trial for January 9th. This violated her right to a speedy trial, but she was held incompetent. So it then says Lori Vallow-Dabel's defense team questioned her competence to stand trial and the court told the case for from October 6th to November 15th. A 40-day delay caused by the competency review still doesn't justify a trial setting three years after her arrest and almost one year after her arraignment. The government still has an obligation to bring her a speedy trial which complies with the constitutions and the Idaho Code. Now also, Judge Boyce actually addressed this. I did talk about this in my last video because there's some new DNA that, that came up and there was a request to push out this case again from John Pryor, he wanted to push it in to another year. And Judge Boyce said, uh, no, because Lori has a right to a fair trial. I don't want to push things out, but 
also keeping in mind that these trials are together as well, right? So there's all kinds of things that are going on and her competency twice. So he goes on to say from her arrest on February 20th, 2020 until the current trial setting on April 3rd, 2023 is 1169 days without a trial in any of these three cases. From her arraignment in this case on April 19th, 2022 until the current trial setting on April 3rd, 2023 is 349 days, obviously more than the statutory six month limit. Her constitutional rights, including her right to be presumed innocent and her right to a speedy trial have been ignored by the government. Let me know your thoughts below and how you feel about this. For me, I think of the victims, Tylee, JJ, Tammy and Charles. And even though that Charles isn't part of this court hearing, but what about their rights? So I don't know what's going on. I'm wondering a little bit about the death penalty because that was been disputed or tried to get that off the table. And so this is going to be interesting. I mean, I know lawyers have to go back and forth. They do their motions. They do whatever they can uh, to defend their client. But I can't imagine what would happen or how the families would feel if this case got dismissed. And it wouldn't be good for Lori, I could tell you that. It wouldn't be good for Lori to be out in public because... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply who knows what would happen. You know what I'm saying? It says it's undisputed that Lori Vallow-Dable has demanded her speedy trial and has never raved, waived her constitutional rights. She's prejudiced every day since she's in jail and unable to post a bond. The court has repeatedly reminded the government that it will respect her constitutional right to a speedy trial. The government cannot show good cause to bring Lori Vallow Daybell to trial over three years from her arrest and almost one year from her arraignment. This court should find that the government has not met its burden to uphold her constitutional rights. This case should be dismissed. Let me know your thoughts below. Now, side note, Lori was actually in court with Chad Daybell and recently, and it was said that Lori was constantly looking at Chad Daybell and Chad Daybell wasn't looking at Lori Daybell and they're married and I guess there's you know not a match made in heaven anymore. Since then there's been a whole whack of motions being filed and it was a motion to sever the case, a notice of a remote hearing which is not a big deal and on and on and some other ones like motion for penalty phase, motion for individual voir dire, motion for pre-selection instructions, motion to dismiss for lack of speedy trial which we we're talking about some orders for closed hearings and sealing records, and on and on. But it is quite the laundry list. And I know this, I think it's next week, I believe it's next week on the 9th, that they're going to be covering a lot more of these motions. And we still have to hear from Judge Boyce about the death penalty, if it hasn't been posted yet, but as of the time of this video, it hasn't been. And if you want to check out that last video that I did, Lori actually says she has an alibi, and that's pretty interesting. Check out my most important videos in the case right here, and you can also check out the entire playlist right here. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon. As I mentioned, La Laundry has a Lori list. Yep. Alexa, stop.
Okay, back to the beginning. Okay? Okay.